as you see, my Jedi powers are far beyond you. What is up, guys? We are back. It is DCI episode 24, another beautiful day in the hobby. I am DCI Jason, here with Big Sexy Bradley Crenshaw. We are coming to you guys live from DCI HQ, another beautiful day in the hobby here at DCI. Bunch of cool stuff to talk about today. What I want to get started off with, though, is to make sure everybody is aware of our new RCR price. That is going to be $10 a card, no limit, uh, DCI RCRs are back for $10 a card, no matter if that's at a show, in the office, let's get them in. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. That is, that is absolutely awesome. Another price I want to talk about is our early submission slabs are available for $18 a card. $18 a card, send them in, 120-day turnaround. Those are available through the mail as well. Head over to dcigrading.com, check out our submission process, um, and get, them, get your cards slabbed up. Finally, DCI cool. grading. Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, to get started on today's episode, we are going to talk about some of the new products hitting the market, uh, mainly select basketball and spectra basketball. Um, something I really enjoy every year is going to be the inserts out of select, the RPAs from spectra. Um, what are you looking forward to in some of these new products? Well, I didn't get any spectra, but I do have two cases of select basketball coming. Excellent. The, the spectra... <laughs> to me is never held the value over over the years it's a great looking product but and you can hit you know the logo man there's only a few products the logo man comes in that's exactly and that's right. one of them mm -hmm. uh but the value of those just just it doesn't hold over time and if you go and look at some of the recent sales even on some of the logo man uh there i mean there you can pick up some logo men on some guys for a thousand bucks it's crazy and that why is that to you it, it, it Specifically on the logo, man. I don't, I don't know because the product is actually a high-end product. It's a high-end product. Like you said, there there isn't a one-of-one one logo, man, in every product. You know, there's typically a one-of-one one rookie yep. of some kind. Why doesn't the logo, man, you know, outside of maybe Flawless, National Treasures, or Immaculate, hold that, you know, you know that that premium that that those others do. I don't know why does the fifty one Mickey Mantle rookie card sell for less than the fifty two tops Mantle, which is not his rookie. It's all what the hobby perceives and the, what the hobby wants, and the hobby sets the value to the cards. Yep. So regardless of it being a rookie or regardless of it being a you know a, a higher end product, mm -hmm. if the hobby says National Treasures and Flawless is the product to buy, then that's the product that's going to drive through the roof. And so whether you what you believe or not, I, I, I was I was messing around on Facebook yesterday and I was scrolling through some comments. And there was a guy trying to sell a Cade Cunningham uh, blue 75th anniversary, the diamond. Yep. It was a BGS 9.5, okay. right? And so he's he's asking this price, and I forget he was asking, like, he said, PSA 10 sold for 1000 bucks. And somebody said, well, it's not a PSA 10. He said, well, it's a BGS 9.5. They're both gym men. He's like, well, the last BGS 9.5 sold for $400. He said, well, that's that's absurd. Why is the, what's the difference in price when they're both gym men? Correct. And the gap is so far apart. And there's no real explanation to it other than the fact that the hobby has designated the PSA 10 to hold more value because of the 10 number right. than a Jim Mint 9.5. And I've never understood that. And it's the same way with the with the products and the and any product and any in any singles. Whatever the hobby decides and pushes, that's what happens. 
So here's something we see time to time as a new product comes out, typically those prices realized at auction are gonna be much higher than mm-hmm. first week or two when the, when the new product comes out. Um, do you think that these, you know, maybe the, the non-hobby darlings like the Spectra or the Obsidians of the, uh, the hobby world, if you can really find those rare cards like the Logo Men from Spectra RPAs, um, some of the case hits from Obsidian, and get into them at a good price, do you see that kind of secondary market as somewhere to play right now as a long-term hold? Maybe, no, no you don't. Okay, and can you explain that in, in terms of, you know, okay, I'll, t- I'll spend a $10,000 on a Logo Man versus spending $1,000 on a Logo Man. Why wouldn't the $1,000 Logo Man increase, you know, that same percentage over time? Um, because versus- the hobby will forget about it and go for the national treasures of the flawless. That's just what's going to happen. Um, and there's so much product that's being produced. You know, the, a friend of mine in, in the in the hobby, the, yep. the king of cards or whatever, however, Abs- it's, it's Kyle. Kyle. So yep. anyway, I was watching one of his videos the other day, and he made a great point. He was talking about even players like Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance or Justin Fields or any of these other you know, quarterbacks that are coming into the hobby that pe- people are paying astronomical prices for. Sure. They could go and win seven Super Bowls like Tom Brady and their value of their cards would never reach the value of Tom Brady. Why? Because there's 6,000 cards produced of that particular player. Now, the, you know, like the one-on-ones and the shields, those are, those are designed to have, you know, a, a scarcity and a, and a longer-term value. Right. And it was just a great point that he made on those cards, and it really got you, got you to thinking, why in the world would you want to spend $500,000 right. on a Joe Burrow card that, they're- that even if he goes and wins seven Super Bowls, which – Mark my word, he will not, and I am an <laughs> I was going to say, whoa, where are we going with this? Yeah. It still will not reach the value of a Tom Brady, you know, over over that time. So why not spend that money in the goats, you right. know, that, that you know, or the vintage stuff that's going to, you know, sustain value. And I, I kind of got off of the, no, the, the, the topic there, but I'm, it was, it's all about what the hobby perceives is, you know, and right now, Everybody has such FOMO it, on those cards. I was just going to say, it ties me into our next topic, which is going to be that fear of missing out. And I know we get, we did get a little bit off topic, but it, it really relates back to, you know, when Brady Logoman came out his rookie year. Let's just say, I don't know how many there are. There may There's a handful, right? There aren't many Brady true, uh, not Logoman, Shields, NFL Shields, um, you know, the, the NFL equivalent of the Logoman. Um, like you said, there may be a, a 10 or 12 of those in existence for each set that maybe one per set that came out at the time um, where Joe Burrow might have a hundred NFL shields out there. And that certainly um, takes, you know, that scarcity mm-hmm. away from even the top card, the, the one of one um, from that, you know, from that year, if, if there's a, like you said, if there's a thousand one of ones out there, well then, you know, it's really not as scarce or as how many, rare. How many Mickey Mantle rookies are there? One. Correct. Right. But the hobby perceives as the 52, though. Correct. How many Willie Mays rookies are there? One. How many Michael Jordan rookies are there? One. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so when you start thinking about that, played into the played into the roles of how many Luca rookies are there? 100%. How many, even go back even before that, before they started really printing a lot, go back to LeBron, even 03, 04. How many LeBron rookies are there? 
hundreds. More than Jordan, less than Luca. Yes. Right. And so I just I don't I don't I don't understand that, and that that still goes back to you'll never understand. It's right. What it's just the, the hobby. hobby wants. It's what the hobby gets. Yep. And that's a that's a great point. Um, but like you said, fear of missing out. Um, I think a lot of people tuned in to watch Mac Jones and the Patriots on Monday night, um, or maybe, I think it was Monday night when he got benched for Tell Bailey us. Zappi. Um, everybody was scrambling to buy those Mac Jones prisms. I know we pulled a gold uh, out of a box here when you know on release week. People are paying those absurd prices for these young quarterbacks, like we just talked about that first week. Talk about that fear of missing out, like, and what what kind of goes into the people's minds when they are making those purchases. Um, it, not that you have before, but it, like, if yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's just it it is the fear of missing out, missing out on being able to capitalize on a huge game. And you know, I was just thinking about it this morning. Look back to 2017 and Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> I knew, you know, Patrick and, and, and got to hop the opportunity to watch him play all the way through high school. So I had a little bit more of an inside track to the Mahomes side of things. But when he came into the league, he was drafted 10th overall. You could pick up his national treasures to 99 for less than 1000 bucks. I think they were around four to $700. Okay. The 99 sells for 160 now. You could pick up the golds to 10 for around 1500 to 2500 somewhere right around in there. Crazy. Million-dollar card. Million-dollar card. Unbelievable. Five years later. And that is what drives the— And now people are so worried that they're going to miss that next big Mahomes, quarterback. Mahomes, that sleeper. That and next, so yep. they're, they're trying to jump on things early. I mean— yeah, I mean, I, I play that that realm sometimes too. Totally. I mean, you, everybody who who knows me and knows I have the best Jacob Eason collection Absolutely. that you could possibly imagine, and I am still sitting on every single one of those cards in the hopes that one day he's going to become a starter. Right now, he's not. Right. And by the way, I just sent another gold. I got another gold. I got. I now own all three of the PSA ten golds. There we go. Uh, so I own, <laughs> send us your Eason's. That's right. <laughs> keep keep sending them this way. I actually own five of the Prism Golds now. So That's awesome. Working on get was working on getting all ten of them just so I could get all ten. But yeah, so it's all about the fear of missing out, and and everybody has it. Absolutely. You know, I mean, everybody wants, everybody's looking for, I mean, that's the way you make money, right? I mean, even in the marketing side of things, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with, you know, the stock market, you're going to want to try to buy that stock when it's on the low. So that way you can try to estimate when that thing's going to rise, right? Right. And so you do that the same way in the sports card market. You're trying to be that person that selects the right player yep. before he explodes. And we all know that quarterbacks are where the money's at. Right. It's not in positional players. No, it's not. And so everybody's looking for that next quarterback or the one that's on the bench or the one that's, that's behind gonna that take one his spot. that's going to yep. take that spot. That's, and yep. they want to try to snag those early so that way when they raise rise up, then they can make it. So kind of on the flip side of the fear of missing out where you're maybe stockpiling some of the guys who are, are looking to get that next opportunity, how do you decide between who to keep and who to let go? Kind of like on the consequence side. If what if I what if I you know let go of let's say 
my Patrick Mahomes in 2017 in favor of my, you know, to keep my Mitchell Trubisky's or something like that, <laughs> something along those lines. You know what I mean? And how do you make that decision? And obviously, it's the fear of missing out, and it's the it's the risk that everybody takes. Is like, what are you going to hold versus sell, mm-hmm. um, and manage your margins that way? But you know, how do you best work through a box of cards that you just opened and say, okay, here's what I'm getting rid of right now. Here's what maybe I'm going to put away. Here's what I'm going to grade and sell immediately. Kind of talk through that. And is it more seasonal? Does it depend on the product? Is it kind of just depend on the cards or one, it's do you product. have a strategy? It, it, yeah. One, it's product. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm going to target a specific player, of course, I'm going to target his best stuff, and sure. his best product. So his, his national treasures. I only do national treasures and usually the, the golds out of prism yep. or the one-on-ones. That's all I'll, I'll target. I don't go for all these off brands like spectrum and, you know, absolute or, you know, whatever right. else I, certified, any of those select. I don't do any of those. I try to target the higher, the, the ones that the hobby has made know, their has darling made, has yep. made the, the top the end all be all. Yep. And you know, if I'm going to spend the money and then I say, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to invest X amount of dollars in this particular player and then I'm just going to hold them. Um, and then there's not, there's not a way, not really a strategy for me to say, okay, I'm going to move these sure. to keep these. It just comes to a point where it's, it makes sense. Or I have to yeah. say, okay, is this guy going to have an opportunity? Don't, don't get me wrong. I have literally, got into my PWCC vault and looked at every one of those Jacob Eason cards and thought, well, let me clean some of these out. Let me, yep. let me, let me send some of them to auction. And then I'm like, no, cause they're only going to sell for pennies of what, you know, I know they will br- bring if, if you know, he gets, gets another chance. Job. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep sitting on them and that's, and the- I'm going to keep sitting on them and I'm going to keep sitting on them. And probably if he doesn't have an opportunity within the next two years, then I'll end up just, just, unloading them and just getting whatever I can get for them. And I think, you know, uh, which I'll lose money, right? but I don't, I won't keep them because at that point he'll be in the league for five years. And if he hasn't had an opportunity to get a job, chances are it's not going to happen. Sure. And that's kind of the personal decision on, Hey, I need to cut bait here. I need to kind of, like you said, clean up my collection a little bit mm-hmm. and, and consolidate. And that's kind of what I meant where, you know, if you start, you know, collecting somebody like I collected Arenado, I had, uh, you know, 150 base rookie PSA 10s. Well, at some point, you know, I wanted a numbered rookie. And so, you know, I took some of the base and put it into a numbered and then started to upgrade yeah. that way. And so that's kind of along the lines of what I was saying, as well as you deciding when to cut bait versus do I hold for another opportunity? Um, it's all kind of personal with your finances. But um, obviously, like you said, try to hold those rookie quarterbacks before the uh, before you hold on to those skill position players, the numbered rookies over the base, things like that. Well, Peyton Manning is my guy. That's right. That's right. Peyton Manning, Michael Jordan, those are those are the guys that I that I hold on to. Uh, so, I mean, as far as these rookie quarterbacks. Are you a Mantle guy? A Mantle guy? Yeah. I like Mickey. All right. Well, yeah. that's interesting because yeah. our friends over at Collectible, shout out to my friend David Marino and the guys at Collectible, they um, have just received a buyout offer on their 1952 Mickey Mantle PSA 8. That um, $1.4 million buyout offer is up to their shareholders, uh, collectible fractional ownership company, offered those shares. Um, I know you've had, you have you picked some up at the beginning. I own shares in that card. So I bought shares in that card back when the estimated value was around 350, 380, somewhere around in there. I, I don't remember. And then when it shot up to 700 and some odd thousand, 
I, I sold my shares out of the mantle. Double money. Beautiful. I mean, that's now, great. Now, now it's doubled again. That's exactly right. Um, but to be honest with you, I think 1.4 million is a little low. I thought the same car. thing. Th- it's a beautiful copy. It's, it's it is. It's a little off centered. It is. It's beautiful. Um, an eight. But it's an eight. It's a. It's a. It's got great color. It does. It is a pretty card. It does. It, it is. A, it is a beautiful card. But I. I do believe the one point four is a little low. It's. In, it'll be interesting to see how their shareholders vote on that one. Because, like you said, you know, doubling your money, most people would be ecstatic. I, I bet they decline it. I hope so. I, I, I hope. I would so. be willing to bet they decline it. Is, is what's going to happen. But it is it is an absolutely beautiful copy. And so sure. I guess tying this back into the fear of missing out onto the fractional side of things, does uh are you more of the take your profit and, and um, or does it depend on the asset that, again, you're holding the share of um, when that when that valuation comes in, if it's an, a buyout offer, are you more of one to take the profit on your shares and like you said, double your money on the mantle? Or, you know, would you would, is this something that you would have held on to potentially um, in, in that fractional wallet. Well, I mean, I just, I mentioned to you earlier, I, I doubled my money and I moved Took on. your money and, yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it was an opportunity for me to, you know, move, move that money into something else. And, you know, the way I look at it, if I can double my money every day. That's a great I, day. I, I, That's a great day. That's what I'm saying. I think a lot of people would uh, feel the same way, but yeah. for the people who didn't sell at the 700,000 valuation, yeah. Uh, good on you, you know, diamond hands. Yeah, but they, they may have bought, they may be the ones who sure. bought some of my shares. A hundred percent. So they've doubled their money now. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's that, that's the thing with the hobby. And, you know, if, if I make money and you make money and we just move on and don't be worried about the next person 100%. making some money Absolutely. on your particular deal. If, if we can all work on that and just, you know, provide deals to people right. and let them go make their deal. I think this hobby just continues to thrive. Unfortunately, social media has gotten the best of us, I think. And everybody loves seeing, you know, the big piles of cash and the big cards trading hands on uh, on a video on TikTok or yeah. things like that. And I really don't think it's going away anytime soon. Um, we continue to see the hobby brought into the main stage of, you know, everyday life, um, more mainstream media types getting in athletes, actors as well. Um, Netflix just announced that they have partnered with Adam Sandler for a, um, a follow-up to Uncut Gems that's going to be centered around the sports card world. So I think that's just going to bring even more um, sensationalism, if you will, to the the big sales at these auction houses and the big cards being pulled out of boxes. Um, so I don't think that sensationalism is going anywhere, but it would be nice uh, change of pace to maybe see somebody make you know sell a card at 80 percent on camera for once or something like that yeah i know i can't wait to see the 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 movie that adam sandler i like adam sandler i do too he's great so what's your favorite adam sandler movie man i I like happy gilmore yeah i was happy gilmore's great i liked mr deeds uh billy madison's great all those early 90s adam sandler movies are so so good all right, that does it for us. Uh, one thing I want to touch on before we shut it down, $10 RCRs are back at DCI. We've got $18 early slab submissions as well. Talk about bringing value back to the hobby. Absolutely. It's all about value. That's all we're here for. Value. We will see you all next week. I am DCI Jason here with big, sexy Bradley Crenshaw. We are out. <laughs>